such courage to demand an audience with me. You'd be dead if my son hadn't convinced me to consider your offer. And we're here to deliver. You asked for the Pike who disgraced your family. It's all yours. It won't be traced back to you. We made sure of it. <sighs> Take him below. No. No. This isn't over, Duran. Impressive. Your willingness to cross the pikes shows how desperate you are. Tell me, why is the intel you've requested of such value to you? Dr. Hemlock stole someone from us. We heard your syndicate had the connections needed to find the Imperial's base. And since we've upheld our end of the bargain, now it's your turn. Once again, Bucketheads, Mavar Tigar. Welcome to our 240th Slither Vine Blasting episode of Mandovision. I'm your host, Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. We're so glad you're here. Reach out to us on the socials. We are at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. I know it's called X. I just... I just can't bring myself to do it. Reach, uh, email the show at mandovisiontom at gmail.com. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. Welcome back. We're here to get into the second episode of Season 3, the final season of Star Wars The Bad Batch. And it's a good one. <laughs> you know, we spent a lot of time uh, in that first episode, that opening episode of this final season with Omega seeing the day-to-day -day routine, the sterility of her life now that she is a prisoner out at the Mount Tantus facility uh, in, in, the, in the custody of, of Dr. Hemlock himself. And, and again, hints of what they are doing at the facility. You know, we speculated, like many other Star Wars podcasts, and, and it's fair to say that we were all pretty spot on with, with our assertions and, and our assumptions. But nice to kind of get everything lined up. Everything kind of playing out the way it's supposed to. This episode, we check in on the other members of the Bad Batch, and you know, Hunter and Wrecker are in a desperate position now. After what, the way the season ended, the, the, the death of, of Tech, uh, the loss of Omega, 
Uh, the the Bad Batch is a very much a broken family at this point in the show. You know, we we, we touched on that just a little bit last in, in our last episode. Uh, but Wrecker and Hunter are now they're they're doing the work. They're trying to get their family back together. They're doing the things they have to do, and that take in in, in this instance involves uh, an excellent opening that I really really enjoyed uh, with them as mercenaries uh, bringing in, in in the Pike that disgraced uh, uh, Roland Durand. And, again, kind of checking back in on the Durand family, right? This crime family that we were introduced to. Um, I, I want to say it was back in season one, actually. And I'm a big fan of Devronians. Love seeing that. Love being on the planet Devron itself. And, again, the, the uh, crime family crossing paths, crossing uh, uh, arms, with you, if you will, uh, with the Pike Syndicate. Uh, that's always a good time in this particular era of Star Wars. Uh, so, having Hunter and Wrecker track down this Pike who disgraced Roland Durand uh, is also is very very interesting. But it's also because Roland Durand is a character who has a connection with Omega. They were prisoners together at one point. So, uh, Roland Durand may have a little bit of a of a personal interest in in aiding the Batch here as well. So, I really thought this was a nice callback. I like getting to see uh, Issa Durand as well. Uh, again, I'm a big fan of Devronians, and I believe East Durand is our first uh, canonical female Devronian, uh, and and her appearance is not what old people like me were led to believe, because in the old EU, uh, female Devronians were not supposed to have horns, so that's sort of a new take on, on female Devronians, and I thought it was very cool, and... I don't know. Just I, you know, I, I, this era of Star Wars for me is is just rife with potential because I like all these crime syndicates. I like seeing all these crime families, and sort of the way they navigate the rise of the Empire during it, and 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 Palpatine's sort of take on how these uh, uh, crime families and and or, uh, criminal syndicates uh, uh, help the Empire actually function is all very very uh, interesting stuff. And you know, while I know the show is not going to go into into like great depth with a lot of that stuff uh just knowing it exists out there that they're kind of laying some tracks so if someone wants to explore that down the road whether via some more comic books or some novels or, or another batch of animated series I, you know this era is is just full of so so much potential and I, I love that for us all right let's get the episode particulars out of the way you know what we're here for it is for season three episode two of the Bad Batch. This is Paths Unknown, written by Matt Mishnevitz, directed by Nate Villanueva. Our primary cast for this episode. Listen, you're not going to be surprised by some of the names you hear. You're really not. <laughs> but it is still an impressive cast. And there may be one or two surprises in there anyways. D. Bradley Baker, once again, is the Bad Batch. Uh, Julian Dennison is Deke and Stack. Angelica Houston is Issa Durand. Liam O'Brien plays the Devonian captain who is uh, uh, captured and executed at the beginning of that episode. Daniel Logan, Boba Fett himself, returns to voice Max, the clone cadet, in this episode. And Tom Taylorson returns to voice Roland Durand once again. Our plot for this episode. Following a lead, Hunter and Wrecker make a startling discovery. It's a little light on the details, but it is factually correct. And let's go ahead. I think it's time. Let's just dive into this episode. Uh, I'm ready to go, guys. This is a good one. 
Here we go. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. Hemlock's whereabouts have been well guarded by the Empire. But one of our sources came across these coordinates linked to his laboratory. And they've been verified? Take what you came for and go before my generosity runs out. I hope you find who you're looking for. So as Hunter and Wrecker leave Deveron uh, with these coordinates in hand, I think we get to see a glimpse here of just how desperate Hunter is to kind of not just recover Omega, but sort of start to bring this family unit that they've created back together again. Uh, obviously, he misses Omega the most. They're... they're their father-daughter-esque relationship is, is sort of what drives the the bulk of the of the of the emotion in the show. Uh, but I think Omega has, or excuse me, I think Hunter has to realize that it's more than just those two. It's it's bringing the whole thing back together. And then uh, Wrecker's about to come over with some bad news that Hunter doesn't like anymore. So let's check this out. Echo said he and Rex need two rotations before they can meet us at the coordinates. That's not good enough. We're going now. Hunter, the last time we stormed an Imperial base without backup, not all of us made it out. Omega's been waiting for us a long time, Wrecker. I'm not making her wait another day. And they very quickly arrive at the planet on their coordinates. Uh, and again, you just sort of get the, 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 the sense there of just the desperation that Hunter feels to, to bring Omega back to, to rescue her from, from her Imperial captors. So they arrive on this mysterious jungle planet to find Hemlock's laboratory. And, you know, the planet, it's... Uh, Green and lush has a lot of similarities to what we've seen so far of Wayland. And, well, let's just go ahead and play the next scene here as, as the Batch, Wrecker, and, and Hunter in particular do track down uh, uh, something, but it's not quite what they think it is. Oh, no. Well, that's Hemlock's lab. They destroyed it. Another orbital bombardment. But Omega, if she was here, we don't know if she was. The Duren's intel could be wrong. Let's get down there and check it out. So, yeah, they think they have found a laboratory. Um, obviously, we know that this is not where Omega's been kept, but they don't know that, and... The concern, the expectations. Um, well, let's just say that there's more to this planet than meets the eye, and that's what's going to happen here uh, very, very shortly. Because they find out there's someone else in the jungle with them. Freeze! Drop your weapons. <laughs> Blaster beach stick, kid. Wrecker. They're regs. And who are you? We're clones. Same as you. You don't look like clones. They must be 99s. Defectives. Defective and effective. What are you two doing out here? What's it look like? 
surviving, or trying to, no thanks to the Empire. They send you to finish us off? Do we look like we're with the Empire? What do you want? We're looking for a young girl. She's a clone. We think she was sent to the lab here. Never saw anyone like that. But Mox might know about her. He won't talk to them. Please, we have to find her. She's part of our squad. Stick to the trail, follow our steps, and don't touch the vines. So there's our first hint that the vines on this planet are not going to be what we think they are. Uh, and uh, what a surprise. We will find out that uh, the Empire was trying to figure out a way to like weaponize plant life. Because, <laughs> you know, that's what they do. It's what they do. They're just going to weaponize everything they can. That's how they roll. But really interesting that even at this early stage before Hemlock was apparently more involved in the project that we know him to be involved in, uh, he was experimenting on clones, using clones in some fashion to further his research. And now there are these survivors of this outpost, of this, of, of this laboratory on this, on this unnamed planet uh, that the Batch have come across in their regs. And so there is sort of like this, this uh, t tangential connection because they are of the same DNA. But they evolved, all of them have had very, very different experiences. But very cool. I thought it was very cool that they, they easily recognized uh, Clone Force 99 as 99s, as, as defectives. Uh, so that sort of was something that jumped out at me right there. And on this journey here, now Hunter wants to get some, he wants to get some answers. So let's let's see what those answers are about why these regs are here. When the Empire transferred us off Camino, we thought we were getting more training. Instead, they made us prisoners, took samples of our blood. Why? What was the Empire doing here? Whatever they wanted. At least we escaped before they destroyed the facility. And you survived alone out here ever since? We're soldiers. Or we were supposed to be. Stop. What? Wrecker, behind you. Run! And there's our first encounter with the Slithervine. As, as Wrecker, uh, either forgot or just disregarded the don't touch the vines, uh, um, you know, information he was given earlier. And we get our first taste of, of just what exactly these slither vines can do. And it's uh, pretty impressive. They are, they, are, they are a formidable weapon. Obviously not something that the Empire could ever, ever really figure out how to control. But uh, visually, at least for this episode, it's, it's a striking enemy, as, as like the, the, especially once we enter the facility a little bit later in the episode, the the vines are everywhere. Like the, like it's they're impossible to ignore. It's uh, it's 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 sort of a classic horror trope in in many many regards. You see it in, in a lot of different uh, horror movies, like something similar to these vines, where if you disturb them, it, it alerts like a sort of a like a like a central uh, hive mind that is in control of the whole thing. But it's just it's just so much. It's you know zombie esque in a sense, but there's there's much more to it. Very biological. A little bit of a little bit of the Last of Us in this actually. If if you watch that series, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about there. So let's just go ahead and get a little bit more information about those slither vines right now. 
stuff. Slithervines. The Empire made it. It's some kind of experimental weapon until they lost control of it. Probably why they ordered a base Delta Zero on their own facility. We'll be safe on the crag. The Slithervines haven't spread there. Yet. And this time, don't touch anything. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, Hunter and Wrecker with uh, these two rags in, in tow uh, uh, make it back to the crag location where they, they, they hole up. And let's just have this meeting right now. Let's just go ahead and play it. It's quite a place you got here. What do you want? We're looking for a young girl. She was taken by an Imperial named Hemlock. Her name's Omega. Never saw a girl around the lab. But I know Hemlock. He was in charge. Until things changed. One day the Imperials started packing up and shipped out. So we made our move and escaped. We were the only ones who made it out before the orbital bombardment. Even the clone troopers left us to die. Said they were following orders. We get it. We've lost people too. We can take you to someplace safe, but we need to find out if Omega was here or where Hemlock took her. There has to be some intel in that base. One of the control room panels was still intact during our last scout. I tried to use it to send a signal, but there was no power. Can you take us there? No way. That area is covered in slither vines. It's toxic. Stack's right. Going near those ruins is a suicide mission. You're on your own. They need help, Mox. I'll go with them. So one of the regs, I'm not sure if it's Deke or Stack that goes with them, uh, is going to assist Hunter and Wrecker in their efforts to get some information from uh, this, this base that apparently has one working panel, but no power. So you know what that means. They're going back to the ship. they got to get their gonk droid. They're going to load him up on Wrecker's back, and, and Wrecker's going to carry the gonk droid to this terminal with the hopes that they can recover any information that might point them in the right direction. Uh, on the way back to the ship, there is a, a brief conversation here uh, that I did want to play because, again, we've, you know, the, the, the newer clones that we've been introduced to uh, in the Bad Batch uh, are not quite the same clones that we saw in Star Wars The Clone Wars, you know, these later iterations uh, that have been more, for lack of a better word, domesticated, uh, not quite what we're accustomed to seeing. And, and again, whether it's, it's, it's uh, Deke or Stack, he's about to point that out to Clone Force 99. Mega. How long has she been gone? Too long, but we're not giving up. I wish the other clones felt that way about us. You may be defective CTs, but at least you're loyal. So, the Batch makes their way to this facility, and they begin to encounter the dangers of the Slither Vines. And, and it's not just the vines. Like There's like these little, um, I don't even know what to call them, but there's like these little offshoots of the, of the vines, these uh, almost like gremlin-looking versions that, that, that are causing just as much trouble as, as the vines themselves. And apparently recording all, all, all sorts of sensory information to, to track the whereabouts as our heroes progress through the facility. Uh, let's cut back to the crag, though, as, as Mox and the other uh, uh, clone cadet, whether, again, I don't know if it's Deke or Stack, <laughs> begin to 
uh, uh, ponder away off the planet because clearly the Bad Batch is on a suicide mission and not coming back. What are we waiting for? Let's take this ship and get out of here. What about Deke? He made his choice. If we leave him behind, then we're no better than the troopers who did the same to us. Mox. Those two clones seem different. They're risking their lives to find a member of their squad. I respect that. They won't make it back from the ruins. You know that. If we wait and the Slithervines reach their ship, our chance to escape is gone. Where's their ship? Northern Ridge. Show me. Alright, so they're going to explore their options here because those, those clone cadets definitely want to get off this planet. They know that they're, uh, they're not going to make it too much longer if they can't get away. But will the bond of clone brotherhood keep them all together? Hmm. Hmm. Alright, so back in the destroyed laboratory, uh, or lab facility at the very least, Hunter, Wrecker, and Deke have, have made some progress, and they're about to hook up the gonk droid to the working terminal to get that information. Something's coming. We need to make this quick. Is it more of those things? No. Something else. I'm familiar with the system. Give me some time. I'll see what data I can pull up. So, surprise, surprise. <laughs> Turns out this console is right kind of a smack in the middle of where where the sort of central entity that controls the Slithervines is. Like, they're right there. Like, it's sort of like there's, they're in the hub, and all the vines come out from this one central location, and this is where it all kind of comes together. So now they are in great, great peril, trying to recover this information to possibly glean a location for where Omega could be. Uh, but they have upset the central nervous system, essentially, of the Slithervines. Then, Mox and Stack have made their way to the Bad Batch's ship, and they are scoping it all out when a distress call comes. Mox! Alright, so the batch has the data pad. They don't know what's on it just yet, but they know they gotta go because the vines are not cooperating. It is not looking good, and choices will have to be made here very soon. And of course, surprise, surprise, Mox makes the, 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 the correct noble choice, right? They use the ship, they fly in to rescue Deke and Hunter and Wrecker, and of course the gonk droid, 
just when all looks bleak. But those vines aren't going to let the ship go very easily. So as they attempt to uh, uh, drop lines to lift our heroes out, the vines wrap themselves around the ship. But luckily, the Bad Batch has a lot of armaments. And, you know, one thermal detonator is not going to do the trick, but maybe a whole case or two. That might do be just enough to free them from the Slither Vines so they can make their escape from the planet. And surprise, it works. <laughs> so and now our heroes are in hyperspace. The, the CTs are off the planet in, in tow. And now we're going to see what we got off that data pad. I've been going over the data. Looks like Hemlock transferred his entire base of operations to another location. His experiments, too. Did the intel say where he went? There was a mention of a sector, but nothing more. It's a lead, but we've got a lot of space to cover. Well, if that's where Omega is, then that's where we're going. We'll drop you three off someplace safe. Where? An island. There are good people there. They'll take care of you. We're cadets without an army. I don't know where we fit anymore. You have time to figure it out. Make your own path. Be something other than a soldier. What about you? Our mission is not over yet. And that's basically how we end this episode. It's a lot of, it, you know, it's not really moving a lot of things forward necessarily, but we're seeing Hunter and Wrecker on the path to trying to find Omega. And I think it's a neat episode. I like the action a lot. The, the stuff with the, with the Slither Vines, you know, in the, in the back half of the episode, we didn't play a lot of that it because it's, it's so action-oriented. It's just blaster fire and, and strange sounds. Uh, but it's really, really fun visually to, to watch and i like hunter and wrecker rescuing these cts that were, were were more of hemlock's experiments uh that were sort of just brushed aside and, and forgotten about and discarded you know sort of what we've seen from the clones in general in the in this particular era as the empire transitions away from the clones to a uh, more regimented uh, enlisted uh imperial army uh so i Definitely enjoy that, and I like knowing that the that that Hunter and, and Wrecker are going to take them to the um, I forgot the name of the planet, the one where they they were at the end of last season, you know, helping helping those people that were living that peaceful life, you know, give these clones something that is not war and not their instant deaths and and uh, something of a reward in in a sense, you know, for for being born and bred to kill and be killed. Uh, and, and taking them to this, this, this island paradise instead where they can just learn to be farmers and, and live out a normal life, or at least as close to normal as they can, considering their, uh, uh, the clone markers that, that exist within them. And 
that's that's the episode. It's, it's I noticed the episode. This episode is drawing like some kind of low ratings because it's not necessarily advancing what we what we're wanting from the story. But this helps us understand what Hunter and Wrecker have been doing while Omega's been gone and and how they've been on the path and how they've been in pursuit. You know, there wasn't a lot of addressing of of, of text passing. You know, uh, Echo and Rex are only mentioned in passing as they are unavailable with their with their current operations to, to get clones out of the Empire. Um, but again, I, I liked a lot of this episode, and I give it eight buckets. It's it's eight buckets. It's I think the Slither vines are, are a neat sort of foe. Again, it, it sort of had like some some Last of Us vibes to it, uh, but good good stuff, and I'm I'm here for it. And you know what that means. You know, because, I mean, I mean again, you've, we've all watched these first three episodes already, so you know exactly what's going to be happening next. And it's it's a massive, massive, massive episode coming up here for the third episode of season three. So let's, let's just get ready for that, all right? All right, so eight buckets on this one. Come back. We're going to wrap up this opening arc very, very soon. I promise you that. I, this is the Minivision Podcast, and I'm so glad you're part of Buckethead Nation. Thank you for taking the time to download, stream, and listen to the podcast. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. Reach out to us on the socials. We're at Mando underscore Vision on Instagram and X. Email the show, Tom at gmail.com. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. If you want to support the show with some sweet, sweet, sweet five-star reviews, they help small independent shows like us stand out and not get lost in the Cosmic Shuffle. Thank you so, so much, Bucketheads. Go out there. Continue to be amazing Star Wars fans to everybody that you encounter. Point them towards the animated shows and let them know that, hey, you're missing out on a good time just because you think you don't like cartoons. These, these are uh, powerful stories being told. So check them out. All right, Bucketheads. We're getting out of here. You know what that means. This podcast, it can only end one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Admiral, we have enemy ships in Sector 47. It's a trap! <laughs>